Hello everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. The title of today's message is Hope Eternal. In South Africa, we are now facing a third wave of this pandemic. Yet another variant that is more contagious than ever. A population that is tired of endless sanitizing, distancing, mask wearing, restrictions. Some people are becoming despondent. They're asking questions like, how long can this go on for? Can this virus actually be beaten? Can our economy survive yet another wave, yet another lockdown? And even, will I survive this? In April last year, I thought that we would be done in three weeks. Lock down the nation for three weeks and we'll flatten that curve. How wrong I was. Lockdown was extended. Then lockdown was extended some more. We got through that first wave of infection. But then another wave came. We got through that one. But then another one came. Could this be the last wave? Dare we hope? Or has our hope been knocked out of us? Now, talking about hope being knocked out of us, I remember many years ago doing an endurance hike. After a very long walk, our leader told us, the end is just over the hill. We brightened, we picked up our pace. But when we finally reached the top of that hill, all we could see was another hill. And after that, another hill. And after that, another hill. After a while, our heads were down and our hearts were down. We'd stopped hoping. Perhaps you're feeling a little bit like that. The pandemic has worn you down. Maybe even worn you out. You're simply not as full of hope as you used to be. Today, I'm trusting that God will give us fresh hope, firm hope, as we look to the Bible for answers. Now, a little while ago, we looked at the Apostle Paul's account of how he felt during some of his severe trials in the message, Not Coping. Today I'd like to revisit this text, but this time look at Paul's hope. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the great troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us again. On Him we have set our hope, that He will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. On one hand, Paul felt a deep, dark despair. It looked like they were not going to make it through this trial. It looked like God was not going to rescue them. But on the other hand, Paul also felt a hope. 
This wasn't a hope that everything would work out fine. It was a hope that, having laid down his life, he would be raised to life again, to be with Jesus for all eternity. He had lost his hope of rescue, but he still had hope in resurrection. Now, in his letter to the Philippian church, Paul wrote from a Roman prison of these two hopes, our hope of rescue and our hope of resurrection. It's found in Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 to 24. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Here Paul looked ahead again with two kinds of hope. Perhaps he would be released. Released from execution, rescued, and he would continue in ministry. Or perhaps he would be executed. But then he would go to be with Jesus. And to me, this is the most remarkable picture of hope. Knowing God's power to deliver, we have an immediate hope that we may be rescued from our trial. And also knowing God's promise of eternal life, we have an eternal hope. We could be taken to be with Jesus. So our hope as believers in Jesus makes trials win-win situations. If he rescues us, we win. If he doesn't, we still win. It's important here, as we look at these two hopes, that we recognize which hope is better. I think we often seek the lesser hope. I'm guilty of that sometimes. In verse 23, Paul says that the eternal hope that follows death is better by far. From a personal point of view, being with Jesus is way better than being kept alive down here. Our hope of resurrection is by far our greatest hope. But Paul had learned the way of love from Jesus. Although it is far better to be with Jesus, the young churches still needed him. So he anticipated being rescued from death in order to continue to equip the church. There is such soundness in this thinking. Last week, Daryl spoke about having a sound mind in scary situations. Here's another great example of a sound mind. Paul took a good, hard, realistic look at his situation. It was quite possible that he could be released. But it was also very possible that he would be executed. He didn't deny either possibility. He faced them both. 
And Paul was not trusting God for release. He was trusting God to give him the strength to continue to exalt Jesus, regardless of the outcome. Now, I don't know about you, but my natural reflex in a crisis is to get out of it. I immediately look for ways to fix the problem or to escape from the problem. I'm naturally focused on rescue. But Paul teaches me, and all of us, a better view. Instead of asking to be rescued, we should be asking Jesus to glorify his name. Now, he may glorify his name by rescuing us. He may glorify his name by displaying our faith in him in the midst of our trial. Or he may glorify his name through our faith in him in the face of death. When our focus is on exalting Jesus, regardless of the outcome, our perspective on our situation becomes radically different. We discover a hope that is unshakable. And my prayer is that we will all find this greater eternal perspective. To live is Christ. To die is gain. If we belong to Jesus, our hope is not fastened to any specific outcome, like being rescued. Our hope is fastened on Jesus, who has given us eternal life. Now, Paul wrote about this eternal perspective in his second letter to the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here Paul urges us to focus on our invisible eternity, not on our visible present. Now think about this for a moment. Eternity is a long time. It's forever. If we try to compare our earthly life with our eternal life, our earthly life is like a tiny little dot on an infinitely long timeline. Compared with eternity, our entire life is really, really short. Yet many of us are absolutely focused on the tiny dot instead of the long line. This is because we are focused on what we can see. When we're focused on what we can see, we can easily lose hope. We see hill after hill. We see trial after trial. We see trials that we're not being rescued from. Things can look hopeless. And the more we gaze at our situation, the more hopeless we can feel. 
Friends, we need to look up. We need to look up to our almighty, ever-loving Father. And we need to look ahead to the glorious eternity that Jesus has promised us. So I think this is a good time to look ahead to something of that promise, a vision of that promise. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Friends, here we have trustworthy and true words from God. We should write these down. We should keep them in our view. Because this is our eternal hope. This is the eternal joy that awaits us. And this, friends, is a hope that no person and no trial can ever steal from us. Friends, we're not called to live in denial. We're not called to pretend that everything's fine. We are living in the midst of an extremely serious pandemic. Many have lost loved ones. We have lost jobs or income. Many have endured tremendous pressure for a really long time. Many are feeling like Paul when he wrote, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, that we despaired of life itself. Like Paul, you and I need to face our reality. These are dangerous and difficult times. The Lord has brought us through this pandemic thus far. And He is absolutely able to take us through this pandemic to the end. He is absolutely able to rescue us from every single threat that we face. But He may choose to take us home. And that's okay. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. Our hope is not tied to being rescued from every threat. Our hope is tied to Jesus, who holds us in His hand, and who has given us eternal life. So we can say with the psalmist in Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake 
with their surging. And we can say with Jude, Jude chapter 1, 24 to 25. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. As followers of Jesus, we are people of hope. Our hope is both a present hope, because God rescues, and it's also an eternal hope, because God resurrects. So we can face our present and our future without fear, even if we face the most terrifying situations, the Lord is able to keep us standing and he will lead us into the most glorious eternity with him. May the Lord fill you with hope as these truths take root in your heart and renew your mind. Amen.